playing the ukulele badly because this podcast is self-produced weird stuff has happened in the past and here i am to tell you about it i guess yeah i will yeah absurd real history hello and welcome to absurd real history the podcast where i find interesting stories from the past and find interesting people to tell them to I am Saoirse Cheney, and this week I'm really excited to be joined by comedian and fellow podcaster, Camelia L.R. Hello. Hi. How you doing? I'm super good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to to talk about this. I, I tried to find like a Canadian story, <laughs> but I... I didn't. I'm sure if I had spent more time digging, I'd find one. But what I found was the weird stories were all really dark, depressing serial killer ones. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, that's not very fun. And then I was thinking, like, maybe there's something with maple syrup. And then I went just to go full stereotypical. But in the end, I decided to to not do the Canadian thing, but kept with the maple syrup vibe and did something about molasses. Do you know okay. what molasses is? Yeah, it's like this black, gooey, sweet kind of thing. Yeah, it's like a, a, a dark, thick syrup byproduct from sugar processing. It's pretty common in, I think it's like southern United States recipes. Yeah, it would be a treat, I think, back in the 60s or something. Like my mom would say, oh, I was able to have a bit of molasses as sugar. And I'm like, Jesus, how poor were you? <laughs> it's at the, it's, um... A lot of the time used instead of sugar because it's less sugary than sugar or something. It's Yeah, it's made mm. from like distilling it. There was a molasses flood. Did you ever hear about that? No. Not many people have. And the, <laughs> and the more I looked into it, the more I was like, it was a pretty big deal. <laughs> Where did it happen? Boston. When was that? 1919. Okay, no, I never heard of it. Yeah, that's, that's what we're going to be talking about today. It seems to have been... I, get, I think like one of the main reasons people haven't heard of it is mainly, I guess, because there was a lot of other stuff happening in 1919, like World War One had just finished, uh, the Spanish flu epidemic, which we know nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, can't relate to that at all. Also, prohibition was coming into effect. All right. So, yeah, let's just jump right into it oh molasses is also used to make alcohol a lot of the time what kind sometimes rum but often industrial alcohol which i didn't know was a thing until researching this (laughs) no me neither yeah industrial alcohol is used to just make uh, weapons (laughs) jesus like explosives and stuff and really intense ethanol and they molasses at least in the early 20th century was the main main thing that they used to to make these explosives to sell but then we eat it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm not sure i I don't know if they eat the same (laughs) no i know (laughs) (laughs) it's dangerous i mean you could eat it or you could make bombs with it (laughs) or it can flood an entire city (laughs) that's a sticky one (laughs) It's a, it's a, it was a very sticky situation, <laughs> and that is literal, um, quite the sticky situation. So yeah, in 1915, a, a large molasses storage tank was built along the Boston waterfront by Purity Distilling Company, and that they used it to create industrial alcohol. 
as well as like around this time, America was moving towards prohibition. So alcohol industries were were like, well, let's make weapons instead of making people happy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we're depressed. We can't drink. Let's kill people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like, I don't know. Personally, I feel like alcohol is better in people than in weapons. Absolutely. Alcoholism is not good either. It's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I guess I'll either kill you or loads of people. Mm, yeah, I guess, you know, one person, one alcoholic fight is far less damaging. Yeah. Of course, you could have the two have drunk people operating the weapons, but that also seems like a bad idea. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Jesus Christ. We went dark very quick. I go very dark very quick. Same. I'm Canadian. You yeah, know? there's so many serial killers. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta fight against the the stereotype of being nice all the oh, time. Try. <laughs> I'm tired of saying sorry. 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 <laughs> uh, so yeah, this tank that they built was massive. It was like it wasn't just a tank; it was the size of a building. It was over 15 feet tall, or meters. Do you think in meters in Canada? Uh, I no. Mostly feet. In feet, yeah. So 50, yeah. 50 feet tall and 90 feet wide. Jeez. So I'm like five foot two, so it would be like 10 of me. That, that's how I was trying to count. Yeah, how many people? <laughs> I'm five three, so I'm like, okay. <laughs> A bit Yeah, less. so like nine, nine of you standing on top of each other. Exactly. <laughs> Which is really tall for just a tank yeah. filled with molasses. <laughs> At its capacity, it could hold, guess how many liters of molasses? Oh my god, I'm so bad with quantities. Um... Me too. I say these numbers as facts, hoping that my listeners understand them when I have no gauge. Exactly. (laughs) When people are like, oh man, it's like at 30 kilometers, I'm like, how much time does it take me to get there? That's like, I don't know what distance is or anything. I'm going to say there was 30 thousand liters <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i used to i used to measure things in simpsons episodes like if i was on a car journey i'd be like how many episodes of the simpsons is that and then i would just replay the episodes of the simpsons in my head oh my god because you could remember them by heart yeah the thing with um irish or irish culture is that in the late 90s early 2000s the simpsons was just always on rte mm. so there's a whole generation that just converse in simpsons quotes that's okay it explains a lot because a lot of people here <laughs> are like oh remember in the simpsons when blah 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 blah. Yeah. i'm like no actually i've watched it but i can't remember I've... yeah no i think i m- most most of my peers would be able to to quote simpsons episodes and we frequently quote Simpsons episodes to each other. Because um, I guess in, like, in North America, like in America and Canada, there was more options of TV stations, whereas most people only really had two. And yeah. one of them played The Simpsons almost every single night at 6 p.m. <laughs> but, you know, I watched The Simpsons in French. I only heard it with the original, like, English language when I was in my late teens. I was like, whoa, I don't like this. I heard in the Spanish language version of The Simpsons, Bumblebee Man is dubbed over in Italian. Or like an Italian, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so 30,000 liters is what you said? Yeah, man, no, I don't know. <laughs> uh, way off. 9.5 million liters. I, I thought I went really high. <laughs> no, yeah, it's a lot. It's 
It's a lot. Oh my god. <laughs> Imagine it fell on one person. Like you did it kill people? Tell me everything. I'm telling you, I'm I'm spinning spinning the beans. Yeah, no, people died. It actually isn't that funny a story. Yeah, because you can't um, like it's not it's like honey, but thicker than honey. So if this f- drops on you, you're drowning and paralyzed. Yeah. Ugh. So <laughs> the tank was built really quickly and not very well. And from the beginning, there was already issues with leaking. So people who lived nearby would apparently just go up with like cans and just like get free molasses from the side of the container. Oh my God. And kids would get sticks and like scrape the side of it to uh, to make like homemade molasses lollipops. And <gasps> yeah. <laughs> In, but instead of fixing the issue, the company did like sometimes you hear these things and you're kind of just in in shock they just painted the container the same color as the molasses to cover up the leaks oh my god talk about just botching a job you're like "Eh, yeah can't be bothered so on the 15th of january 1919 at 12 30 p.m the tank was essentially full which it very rarely was and it started making weird noises and then fully erupted. All of the rivets popped out, creating like machine gun noises. Oh. And it released over 8 million liters of molasses in all directions of Boston. I'm just covering my face like, dear Lord. <laughs> I- okay, jeez. No. So there's loads of documentation of the wave and different sources state that it was like between 15 to 40 feet high. But the general consensus is that it was like 25 feet, like a wave of sticky molasses. And as well as being 160 feet wide. And it went in all directions. And here's the kicker. Guess how fast it was traveling at. The first wave when it initially burst and was like going over here. 100 kilometers an hour. Uh, No, you you overestimated that time. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying. 50 kilometers an hour. Yeah, 56. <laughs> and you said it's at 12.30 in the afternoon, right? Yeah, everyone's on lunch. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know yourself when you pour a viscous liquid, if it's like honey or molasses or maple syrup, it shouldn't go that fast. Mm-hmm. But due to the physics that I won't bother explaining from <laughs> the... <laughs> From the energy. <laughs> I won't bother pretending I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yes, I just think, yeah, just so so science made it go fast. <laughs> Sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Science is, science is mad. And it destroyed everything and everyone in its path. It immediately, so near the tank, there was like an elevated railway track. So it completely destroyed that. And it would have knocked over a train that was like, had just like left. So the did knock over the train, but destroyed the train tracks and knocked buildings off of their foundations, uh, toppled electrical poles. Um, very reminiscent of the, the that movie, The Blob, that I've never seen, but is always referenced. You know, like that 1950s horror movie, that big blobby thing? I don't know. I'm not well versed in 50s horror films. <laughs> Me neither, but they spoof it a lot in... Okay. The Simpsons. No, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, did the driver explode? The driver? 
Yeah, like the because the tank was driven by somebody, right? So when it burst, no, it was a building. It was a stationary tank. Oh, sorry, I was picturing a massive truck. No, no, it was just like um, it was like just a giant tank that they would get the molasses from the harbor that had been brought from okay. the Caribbean, and they would pipe it in, and it was for storage. Okay, sorry, I was yeah picturing like a, I guess the word tank is ninety like feet army. wide, a truck ninety feet wide. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what 90 feet is. Oh, wait, it's nine of me, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, nine of... Are you 10 feet tall? <laughs> Listen, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I got all confused with the molasses. It just mm-hmm. got, got caught up in all the, the stick. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, the Boston Globe reported that people were picked up and hurled many feet. So at the start, it wasn't so bad because it was quite warm in the container, like Boston had been unseasonably warm and also when it had been piped from the ships, it was quite warm as well, which is another reason why it spread so fast. Cause again, physics, viscous stuff is harder when it's cold. Yeah. Ex- yeah. And then more, uh, liquidy, liquidy, <laughs> liquidy <laughs> when warm, <laughs> Wait, liquidy when warm, much like people's hearts. I don't know. <laughs> so they they got help really quickly because there was a boston policeman uh frank mcmanus who was actually already on a call with headquarters when it happened um so he told the dispatcher to just send all rescue vehicles quote send all available rescue vehicles and personnel immediately there's a wave of molasses coming down commercial street (laughs) which You wouldn't really believe that, would you? If you're working in as police. <laughs> no, I would think he's just talking shit about people. Because we use that as an insult. Wave of molasses yeah. is some insult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like back home, like, oh, what a freaking molasses. Like someone that's just has no spine. Is that a word? Yeah, well, I guess because in what you're saying, like molasses in French is the molasses. But it's, yeah, we just call people like... Malasse. <laughs> it's like malaise. So uh. I would think that the police officer is just being rude. But what does malasse mean? It's really just the like the toffee thing that you're talking about. But we. But you call people that. Yeah. I love that. What does it mean? I would say just spineless. Spineless. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna bring that here. Yeah. I'm gonna start. It, calling it's not people. everybody. It's mostly just me and my best friend. Just oh, okay. Looking at someone that's lazy. And you're like, oh, what a freaking molasses. Oh, because they're kind of all like gooey. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what you, well, you call people thick, he, like in order mm. for being stupid. So maybe it's like a, you're a thick molasses. Exactly. There you go. We're on to something. We're figuring it out. <laughs> so the, the first on the scene to help out were like 116 sailors from a Navy ship that were docked nearby. Quickly followed by the Boston police, Red Cross workers, and army personnel. However, it didn't really matter that they got there really fast. Rescue efforts were incredibly difficult. As we were just talking about earlier, you know, when it's warm, it's really gooey. Yeah. But as it like hit the cold Boston air, it quickly started hardening and was very hard to get in and get people out. And Oh my God. Are people just... Like frozen in mid position, just like in molasses. 
I think it's just more like a a, a very literal version of stuck in the mud. Ah, uh, not quite frozen, but like glued. Oh God, that is a horrendous way to die. Yeah, there there were a couple of people that were asphyxiated by it. So the molasses <gasps> like all in their airways and their nose, ears, especially if you were nearby. Yeah, you just got shot up with molasses in your inside your face. It'd be traumatizing. <laughs> Not for long, because then you're dead. I mean, like we can <laughs> we can jump we can jump to the casualties. Yeah. So in in the end, once everything was counted up, there was twenty one deaths, a hundred and a hundred and fifty injuries. What kind of the? Do they say what kind of injuries? Various ones. I mean, you had people who you know had lung damage from you know molasses just getting straight into them but also broken bones from just the sheer movement of and also build like build it was tra- getting buildings bits of metal from the tank exploding the rivets were shooting out like machine guns and um, various different different kinds did they have like burn like did anyone get burned by it no because it wasn't like they weren't like the the tank was just a storage tank it wasn't heated up they weren't making anything okay yeah. it was just like just a, a giant tank of eight million liters of molasses. Oh <laughs> yeah. What a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were pulling people from the wreckage. And this is a quote from the medical examiner, George McGrath. Um, he said the bodies looked as though covered in heavy oil skins, eyes and ears, mouths and noses filled. Uh, it, it is a horror no. movie it, it, it is a horror movie a temporary makeshift hospital was set up at Haymarket relief station and they had hundreds of volunteers helping remove molasses from you know victims noses and mouths to allow them to breathe uh, here's another quote from the Boston Post the whole hospital reeked of molasses it was on the floors on the walls the nurses were covered with it even in their hair so here's the thing is because like molasses is Camellia is making a very um, <laughs> disturbed face. <laughs> uh, so the medical the, molasses is sticky and hard to like get off. So the medical staff and volunteers that were and rescue workers, they were covered in it, which meant like outer Boston got covered with it as well because they couldn't get it off. So got on trolleys, like uh, door handles just spread further throughout Boston, further than the waves of destruction. So by the time the wave was like done spreading, several blocks of downtown Boston was at like two to three feet of just this thick, hardened molasses. 21 people died, 150 were injured, and a number of horses were killed. No. Yeah. Because it had destroyed the city stables, the Boston Post states that loads of horses had quote died like so many flies on sticky fly paper unquote and loads of the horses were the ones that didn't die were trapped and injured and had to be shot by police to put them out of their misery oh that's horrendous yeah the rescue continued for days it was hard to see the bodies to like know where they were co- covered because they were covered in so much goo. Yeah. Um. Um. But they're like the last, the final body was found four months after the the event. So they were still cleaning off the molasses for four months. They had spent like 
Well, the thing is, he he was found under the, like in in the ocean under the commercial wharf. Okay. Because it was near the harbor, so people got knocked into the ocean as well. But they were cleaning, like, yeah, they were cleaning a good bit afterwards. One of the newspaper articles described a story of, like, an elderly Italian man, George Cavazzi. I need to, should have looked up how to pronounce that. He spent days watching crews, like, sift through the molasses, timber, and debris in, like, while in his banana storage cellar well while in a cellar um in order to find like four grand that he had squirreled away in a cigar box just like sitting there like waiting (laughs) um yeah the the cleanup took weeks but the general debris lasted for for ages um to try and get everything off they were using everything from like chisels to broom and saw because it because it was like winter in boston it's a cold cold place it's really cold yeah like trying to break up the hardened gick. They used seawater from the harbor to spray the streets and then threw sand on it. And the water from the water fell back into the ocean and the surrounding harbor, harbor remained like a dark, sickly brown for months up right up until the summer. And as I said, the residue was everywhere for ages. So just throughout Boston on various trolleys, cars, and the whole city continued to spell like molasses for, for years afterwards. In fact, some people still claim that on like hot summer days, you can still kind of smell it now. Like Boston, I, like my mom was saying, like Boston's known as like the bean, like the baked bean city. And you can like smell that, like the baked bean smell in Boston. It's not baked beans. It's molasses from this. Oh my. Yeah. It's <laughs> what would be the worst smell for you to be stuck in? Tuna canned mm. tuna i hate the smell of canned tuna oh i would have to agree with you that there and you go. pickle juice i hate pickles and i'm not mad on pickles but i definitely would take it over um tuna mm, yeah i think i would be in a constant state of vomiting <laughs> yeah molasses i say would not be that great either though no i don't like molasses like it's i think it's gross it's the type of candy old people would give you as a kid and I'd be like, no, garbage, thanks. Like, molasses is just the the reject from sugar. Just have sugar. Right? Is it, like, overly burnt or something? I know my mom told me how to make it, but I forgot. It's just basically the brown goo that's left behind when they are m- uh, making sugar crystals from, like, sugar plants and beets. Okay. So it's what's left behind, and then they filter it out, and then you can boil it again to make it darker. Um, but it's just like burnt sugar. But isn't... Because I was watching The Bake Off a few weeks ago, and they were making caramel, and they were just cooking sugar, and it became caramel. So would molasses be the last stage? Would it be sugar, caramel, molasses? <laughs> well molasses was already made so to get the sugar to begin with molasses was made as a byproduct of making the sugar all right doing all these hand gestures to like timeline (laughs) (laughs) it's like if you're if you like by making sugar you are also making molasses Mm -hmm. and then you can make it make it again um 
a lot of the facts that we have from the molasses flood actually comes from the intense lawsuits that followed, which was the the longest and largest legal battle that the state had ever seen to that point. Maybe it's been broken now, um, but it was spanned six years, involved 3000 witnesses, as well as loads of lawyers that did they didn't even fit in the the courtroom. So was it the city suing the company of Malas or who was it suing was who? Everyone. Everyone was suing. So it was um United States Industrial Alcohol, USIA. Mm-hmm. Everyone was suing them for various reasons. Like, you know, individuals who had like lost their like individuals who had lost family members or who got injured. Um, the reconst- the city for the reconstruction of like various public property, uh, the railway company for like destroying the, <laughs> um, and it was as also it was like, it it is at least the first in the United States, but probably one of the first like legal battles against a large corporation. Okay, so and. Yeah. What was the end product? What happened? Who won? Oh, spoilers. I'm getting to it. Sorry. I'm getting to it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, to be honest, there could be an entire courtroom drama based on the aftermath of all of this. Uh, loads of great uh, details and stuff. And it's a big story of American big bit business versus like labor and the working class, as well as a whodunit mystery for like, who was responsible for the tank exploding and who was to blame. Mm. Um, I've never really been that interested in like legal dramas, kind of similar to politics and uh, boring science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sucks. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? But I think yeah. pe- if people are interested in that, and it also was a very big turning point for, for law, but it basically became down to three explanations. One, that an explosion inside the tank had happened due to chemistry and the molasses uh, fermenting by itself, just be like, just being going rotten and just exploding from science. (laughs) Science. (laughs) Two, that a bomb had been placed there, which is what the USIA, the big business were really pushing for because, which wouldn't have been that out of the way because there had been a few bombs placed in like to like protest big business so it wasn't like that far-fetched idea i guess but so they were trying to pretend it's just the people trying to do this but then they would put a bomb inside the molasses tank and hurt themselves yeah but yeah or mm. what it 100 was was a, a the structural failing of the the tank which was leaking as we established before but they painted over but they painted over <laughs> Um, of course, like them being big business, they um, they could afford to fight the case and had all these lawyers and were really pushing for all this stuff. But, you know, good news is the little guy won. They had to pay their, their damages. Inspection of the tank showed that the tank should have been at least double the thickness that it was. Wow. And that there were way too little rivets. But there was a really good book written about all this 
the dark tide, the great Boston molasses flood of 1919, very accurately named, <laughs> <laughs> by Stephen Julio, which details everything. And it's actually the only proper book about it. So if you are, if anyone listening is interested in all that, you can look that up. But yeah, the USIA was made accountable in the end. And it was also the first time that a business was made accountable. And they had to pay the equivalent of today's money of over $9 million to the families affected, the city of Boston, and the railway company. Do you know any of the ages of the people that died? Yeah, it was the, I think the youngest casualties were 10. So it went up from 10 to like late 70s. Oh, poor babies. Yeah, and they were probably the same kids that were making lollipops off it as well, which makes yeah. it extra dark. <laughs> yeah, maybe they were right beside it as it happened <laughs> maybe. Oh, well, no. that's that's another reason why a lot of people probably didn't hear about it is that the area where the tank was was a particularly poor area mm-hmm. so everyone in the surrounding area would have been like working class um italian and irish immigrants you know like yeah. no one of prominent status was killed or injured and there was also no famous survivors afterwards, which is kind of what happens now. You know, we hear about events because there's a, a famous survivor who like writes an autobiography or something. Mm-hmm. But there was none of that. So, yeah. I'll ask my mother. I'm sure she she's heard of it. It's too close. Boston is like seven hour drive from Montreal. Sure, she's heard of it. I asked my mom, though, who was like upstate New York, very, very cl- like I, like a three hour drive from Montreal. She's like six okay. hours from New York City, but she hadn't heard of it. She was like, I thought that smell was baked bean smell. She because I was wondering, apparently it's not really known outside of Boston. It's kind of like in Boston lore. But even now, if you go to Boston, there isn't there's like the tank was never rebuilt, obviously. And there is a small plaque where it stood in a public park, but that's the only thing that like marks the flood. Could it be shameful for them? And that's why they don't talk about it. They're like, oh, we were idiots. We just painted over it. <laughs> we killed a bunch of people. Well it, well, it wasn't them. It was the business. Like they were yeah. like the USIA. They weren't based in Boston. They were just using Boston because it was near the, the port. Oh, okay. And they did like... um. You know, every now and again, like there was the, they had the centenary of it in 2019, a couple of years ago, uh, the local Boston newspaper do like a thing about it every 10 years or so. Okay. Um, I don't know, but like, it should be more talked about because it was like, although 20, like 29 deaths isn't, you know, hugely catastrophic, like catastrophic, especially when compared to the like especially when compared to like the war and like Mm. the Spanish flu but it was like a direct result of like businesses being shitty and taking shortcuts and it was like the first time that you know a corporation was held accountable and it was actually because of this incident that Boston um, after this required that an engineer or architect sign off on building plans before construction which is sound practice yeah yeah and Shortly after that, it spread throughout all of the United States that paving the way for modern regulations because of this incident. So that, like, it's too bad for the people that got hurt and died. But at the same time, 
it brought something positive mm. you know well so- i think yeah something would have happened and at least you know the the people that worked in the court cases the fact that they won against the big business is also a good sign you know the families got their their damages uh the, the big bad evil company lost yeah for once I, yeah for once um which i always feel feel good about it was also the first time that like coming from this that these big corporations had to you know be aware of their actions and follow safety guidelines mm-hmm. and kind of started all this um i mean if it wasn't this it would have been something um i think another reason why it's like not really known is that the whole idea of a molasses flood is quite whimsical yeah in a way like it doesn't sound real and it's also like when you first hear it without going into the details like it it, it's funny it's weird absolutely the tragedy is kind of overlooked absolutely because you just picture when you're describing the wave i was like instantly just picturing australians with surfboards like looking for the perfect wave mate sticky surfboard (laughs) yeah like it's it's a comical thing so i think like this combination of things but that's why i'm doing this podcast because now i'm like now you know that the reason that architects and engineers sign off on building plans is because of this um i don't know if they were doing this in other countries but i know in the u.s at this time it wasn't practice and it was because Mm -hmm. of this that it became standard practice yeah just which is cool it is it's too bad it it had to come to this but it is cool it is yeah and i do i do think it should be a a, like a movie or even like a courtroom drama yeah absolutely do you want to write it let's write it together (laughs) (laughs) oh i would i do not want to do the courtroom drama scenes i'll do um do everything else well i mean that's like what 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 sprung this podcast is more for me like i found i was finding it really hard to be creative so I like, because um, I'm a playwright, so I like finding really weird stories to like yeah. inspire. Because I think history is bizarre enough. We don't need to go inventing new things. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but also just making weird stories known. And it's like, you know, every podcast that I've done so far, I've done it because in my head, I was like, this should be a movie or this should be a play <laughs> or a TV. You know what I mean? Yeah. And <laughs> like, this is a this is another one of those of those things so yeah that's that's it that's everything i have on the great molasses flood of boston 1919 i will never look at molasses the same way again i mean it's not funny but like the smell of it probably brought like ptsd to people i mean 100%. if you're like if your mom or if like your sibling or some or someone you loved was like killed by this molasses flood and then you had to continue to live in a city that smelt of it yeah. for years yeah. i would move oh absolutely <laughs> like because i say that there was like i mean i don't think the usia paid enough money because if you think of the psychological damages of course not because you said in today's money would be nine million yeah. So that means in 1919, it was probably what a thousand dollars a person or something. Like, it wasn't that much, and people died. Yeah. If someone dies now, you get nine million for one person. So, I guess life was cheaper then as well, but still. No, I mean that's included for inflation and 
yeah. also like it definitely did more in damages than than, than they million. paid yeah yeah but it still it still counted as a win for the little man. Don't take this away from me. <laughs> no, no, no. They, we don't won. take this. Don't take this <laughs> away from me. Um, but yeah, and, and there's also like an element of like, I know you wouldn't be able to talk about it. You'd be like, oh, I like, you know, broke my leg or I, 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 can't, I became paralyzed because of a molasses flood. And you're like off in California or up in Montreal. People are just going to laugh at you. And you're like, no, you don't understand. It was, you know, eight liters. It was massive. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> Sitting there drinking their maple syrup cocktails. <laughs> no, but it's so sad, but it's also so true. If someone's like, man, there was this last wave and my parents died and I'm blind now. So a molasses wave <laughs> killed her. <laughs> I would laugh. You would, you would. And like, it's why, you know, you, you gotta be, you gotta be careful to not have a, a funny, a funny death. That is one of the things I'm actually very afraid of. Really? To have a funny death or a boring death. So at the same time, like, I don't you want. You can't have, I'm sure it's either going to be one or the other though. Yeah. Like, I don't want something <laughs> tragic either. I don't want to get murdered or anything like that, but I don't want to die choking on food and I'm alone at home and that's how I died that would suck like oh she choked on a salad <laughs> I don't know that would be so terrible would you rather choke on molasses no because or... I just don't want to eat molasses ever. molasses flood no oh you know what I'm just reminded of uh did you do you ever did you ever watch Riverdale a few episodes Man, I Riverdale is one of my low-key guilty pleasures because I love it. I just love how ridiculous it is. But there is an episode where one of the characters like waterboarded a person with maple syrup. That's racist. Go on. <laughs> is it? No. Was that person Canadian? What the hell? No, that's a messed up. Who yeah. even thinks of that? And who wastes maple syrup? Well, it was uh, Cheryl crazy. Blossom. She owns a maple syrup company. Oh, okay. <laughs> and was it for torture? Like, answer my questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you don't waterboard someone for fun. <laughs> no, I know, but like, I, <laughs> I didn't know if it was for straight murder or if it was to get an answer first. I can't remember if, if it was murder, actually. That's the thing. So much stuff happens in Riverdale that you, you lose track because there's just so much nonsense. That's my Riverdale plug. Uh, Camelia, would you like to, to plug maybe your own stuff that isn't? isn't oh, that? look at that. <laughs> I'm good at the turnarounds. <laughs> yeah, so if you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm camelia.lr. So C-A-M-E-L-I-A dot L-R. Also, I have a podcast with my lovely friend, Corey Shigun. It is called We Just Met. You could follow us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And our Instagram is we just met dot pod. We also have Twitter. It's fun. We want to make friends. So follow us. Mm-hmm. And thank you so much, Sersha. Thank you. I hope you had fun. Yeah, uh, Corey, uh, Camelia's podcast host, co-host, was on my Animals and Politics episode. So if you listen to that. That's I listened to it. The girl, I Corey. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, and as always, I have been Saoirse Shanae. You can find my social media handles in the description wherever you're listening to this podcast. If it's below to the side, I don't know. This podcast is brought by my theatre company, Scream for Ireland. So be sure to give that a like and a listen on all the social medias. And also, if you want to contact directly about this podcast, you can email absurdrealhistory at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you, Camelia, for coming on. Thank you. I'm going to boycott molasses. And yeah, I am just still in shock that this isn't more well known because it was a pretty big deal. We need to spread the word, spread awareness. Spread the world. Spread the word. But don't spread molasses. But don't spread molasses. Spread the word like how molasses spread all over Boston, injuring (laughs) and destroying everyone. All because of big business taking